Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. It is 10.08 on a Friday morning. 10th of November, 2023, Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Good to have you with us. We are very busy this morning. Coming up, we'll preview Bulldog Hockey versus North Dakota with UMD goaltender Matthew Thiessen and North Dakota head coach Brad Berry. But first, other UMD sports in action. A very busy weekend. Women's basketball off a historic run to the NCAA tournament, the championship game in Division II last April, back Tomorrow at Thomas Moore of Indiana 5:30, I chatted yesterday with Bulldog fifth-year senior guard Tatum, uh, Tatum Rhodes. So, can you believe you're in year five? Because I feel like you just started. Yeah, I cannot believe it. It feels like I got here yesterday, and now it's my last year, and it's feeling a little bittersweet. Uh, for you, the decision to come back for a fifth year, because we we hear you know all the time that you know for some of you it's easy for some of you it's difficult for some of you it's not even possible because you've got your life lined up after college for you what was the uh, the fifth year decision like because you've had a little while to think about it yeah I had um honestly it was a super easy decision I knew I wanted to spend an extra year in bulldog country um and just the community my teammates they're amazing they're definitely all the ones that brought me back as well as coach Pearson and the whole coaching staff. Um, so it was a really easy decision for me, especially because a lot of my um, fellow teammates who are in the same position decided to take their fifth year. Um, so I'm very glad that I decided to stay for a fifth. What is the uh, focus this year academically for you? This year, I just, so I stretched my major out into five years instead of pursuing an MBA. So I am finishing up my marketing degree and a minor in psychology. That sounds like a lot of work. Take me through an average day for you, and not a game day, just an, just an average in-season kind of weekday for, for you. Okay. So a normal day would be – so this um, – you know, I would wake up pretty early, kind of make some breakfast, and then I have morning classes. So I'd head to both classes in the morning, and then we're practicing two to four this semester. So um, – on a Tuesday and a Thursday, I get ready for practice before class because I got to go straight there. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I don't have to get ready for practice before class, which is nice. Um, so then after class, I had to practice and then we go lift. Um, so then I get home about 5-ish, 5.30, um, and then hit the books and eat dinner. I know you guys have a season you're kicking off here this weekend, and, and you've turned the page, but I, I've got to ask yeah. about the experience, uh, la that magical run last year. You guys went to Dallas and played for a national championship. You, you mm -hmm. took this program, where this program, and this program's been really good, but it's never been there before. What was that experience, that run like for that group? Yeah, that experience was honestly surreal. Um, you know, we put our hearts up on the court. Um, to get ourselves there. Um, so super proud of the team last year. And yes, we've moved on, but you know, we've had that experience now. And I think it's really good um, to have that experience in our backs and kind of allow that to kind of carry us forward and know that we're capable of hopefully doing it again. But yeah, last year in Dallas, it was such a cool experience. Um, you know, we played our hearts out, um, ultimately coming up with the national runner up, which is 
amazing to say either way. So, um, yeah, super proud of last year's team, but super excited to see what this year we can do. We're talking to UMD women's basketball fifth-year senior Tatum Rhodes. You know, that, that run, you, you had that regional final at Romano, and, and I, I'm sure you've never experienced anything like that, just that, that late comeback from, was it 17 down with like five minutes left? Just yeah. a ridiculous comeback. But how much belief did that give your group? I mean, if you can come back from that, you can do just about anything. Yeah, um, it was it was a surreal moment. You know, we've we there was never a time where we thought we couldn't come out of that loss or that deficit, I should say. Um, so kind of just knowing that we can rally and kind of come back from anything was um, a super positive note to kind of end our um, Romano run on. Um, ultimately, we were not able to do that in Dallas, which is okay. But, you know, we got there, and that's all that matters. And that game in Romano is one that will go down in history and that I will never forget about. What was the coolest thing about the Dallas experience? Because it, it, watching the Instagram that, that was getting posted, there was a lot of cool stuff you guys got to do. Yeah. I would say just having the atmosphere of it being the 50 years of Title IX and allowing um, D3, D2, and D1 to all be at the same facility and playing um, at the same place. And, you know, we had a banquet that all those athletes were at together. Um, so there's there was no segregation, honestly. It was super cool to just have all level of athletes kind of hanging out together and um, competing for the same thing. It was a really cool experience. Did you get to see the, uh, the D1 games? That was a pretty incredible weekend for them too yeah we we got to watch their games which was really cool um super cool opportunity we had a suite um and then we had food and stuff up there which was really cool to watch those games all right so we turn the page and and you've got a blank canvas here in 2023-24 and i know you know you guys lose brooke olson obviously uh, you know all american and and everything that she's accomplished in in Mm -hmm. in bulldog colors and you will miss her greatly but you've got so much back from last year you already kind of touched on it but what does that experience that you guys gained last year how does that help you here in 2023-24 yeah you know obviously we're gonna miss Brooke a ton um, Mason Thiessen as well but you know like you said we returned a lot and I think it's just super important that you know we kind of know how to play with the poise that patience um kind of just riding on that experience that we did have and knowing um situations and how to get out of them and just the the experience ultimately was super important because we learned so much from whether we were being down in Romano or we're up and we need to um, learn how to keep that lead. Um, just all those little things all together um, will definitely um, bring us hopefully to a good place this year. How do you see your role being a little different here this coming year, last year as a Bulldog? Yeah, so – you know, it's it's going to be a fun one. Um, I always had Mason Thiessen to rely on, and she took me under her wing as a freshman. And now that she's gone, but she's still on our coaching staff, it's really nice to still have her here. Um, but now that I'm kind of stepping into that role of the point guard and kind of running the floor is super um, exciting for me. Um, so I kind of see myself as a floor general. You know, I want to make sure everyone knows what they're doing. Um, but, you know, getting the ball moving and – yeah, I don't know. Hopefully lead us to some wins. Uh, what, uh, you know, without Brooke, it, it, it does open a lot of things up offensively in some mm-hmm. respects because we, we saw Taya Hakamaki really emerging, especially in the postseason mm-hmm. last year. Ella Gilbertson knocked down some huge shots for you. You know, these are players that are both back and, and now are going to be asked maybe to, to do a little bit more on the offensive yeah. end, and they're capable. 
Mm-hmm. They definitely are capable. I'm super excited to see what they um, showcase this year. I think it's going to be really exciting offensively to kind of have a diverse scoring um, on the score box, box score, I should say. Um, so it'll be fun. I think just moving the ball around and knowing that everybody is going to have that opportunity to take the ball and shoot it whenever um, they are open. And it's going to be different, but it's going to be fun. This team's hallmark has been defense for as long as I can remember. You know, and this is a group that, again, has a chance to be really good defensively. You guys have a lot of experience at that end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we take pride a lot in our defense. Um, and I think everyone kind of knows that coming in. They're, they know that. Coach Pearson is looking for people who want to get after it on the defensive end. And, you know, we, we've said defense wins championships, and we're going to stick to that and um, get down on defense and hopefully, um, you know, hold our opponents to the lowest possible score. You guys have a lot of, of really dedicated supporters, people that follow this program. Give us maybe one player that, that hasn't done a whole lot necessarily in Bulldog colors that you think has got a chance to have a huge season. Oh, this is a good question. You know, I think everyone right now is kind of showing what they got and, you know, we're just getting into it right about now. But, um, you know, I think – Oh, this is hard. I'm I'm hopeful that a lot of people have great seasons, you know, because um, we can be deep on our bench. Um, I think Myra Morjani, she had some minutes last year. Um, I think she'll um, get to expand those minutes this year, um, both on the offensive and defensive end. She gets after it on the defensive end really, really well. She's quick, um, and she she's patient and poised on the offensive end. So that's definitely one player that I think will expand. Finishing up with UMD Women's Basketball, fifth-year Tatum Rhodes. All right, why why number zero? Is there a story behind it? You know, there's actually not, like, a great story behind it. When I was um, in seventh grade in high school, I was I was always number five being a kid. And then in, high, um, in seventh grade, there was a high schooler who was number five. Um, and she had a few years left, so I had to choose something else. And I thought zero would be kind of fun to try out. So I tried it seventh grade, and I stuck with it ever since. Bulldogs fifth-year guard Tatum Rhodes. Bulldog women ranked eighth in the country at Thomas Moore of Indiana, 5.30 tomorrow in their season opener. More to come, 10.18 on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota hockey next. When we say that cub milk is the freshest in town, we mean it. Less than 48 hours from farm to store fresh. We guarantee seven days or more of freshness. It all starts with local dairy farmers who take great care in making sure all the cows are happy and healthy. We support local farm families 365 days a year. And that makes our milk even more delicious. So you always get the freshest milk and the biggest smiles. The sixth-ranked Gopher men's hockey team visits number 8 Michigan for a two-game weekend series tonight and tomorrow. Minnesota head coach Bob Motzko would like a bit more consistency out of his club. We've been really good one night a week so far. I want to continue to be that really good that one night a week, and it would be nice if we could be a two. And that's what we're, we're, we're moving toward. And maybe we're sitting right where, you know, I, the penalties have cost us what I really think two of, the, of our, two of our losses. And that can be corrected. You know, that's what a coach looks at. You know, uh, we didn't look at two in a row, three in a row. We, you, just, you just keep chunking away at, at what you see. You know, there'll be some other things. Because we're still, we got a lot of young players that, that we're throwing out there. And, we, and, and look what we lost. 
you know, sometimes they come back thinking it's just going to be that easy. It's not. It's not that easy. Uh, we had a we had a safety blanket last year, and you're watching all five of them play. We all are, and they're doing quite well. But that's college sports. Now it's a new group. They get to take over, and if we can stay steady, I I like our group. We'll hang in there. Another big test, though, with Michigan. That's Gopher head coach Bob Motzko. Both games of the series start at 6 o'clock. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Listen on your Echo device. Just say something like this. Alexa, play KDAL radio. We are busy on this Friday morning. Great to have you with us on KDAL. Bulldog men's hockey team is in action tonight, taking on North Dakota, number 18 versus number four to kick off the NCHC season. 6.30 pregame for game one this evening. I caught up this week with the reigning NCHC goalie of the week, UMV's Matthew Thiessen. So you spoke to reporters this week, and and the first question you were asked was, kind of take us through that last save before the uh, the power play in overtime, the diving stop on on Sam Renzel, the Gophers. Honesty is the best policy, they say. So, of course, you were honest and, and you didn't take all the credit. Uh, tell me about that play and, and uh, how you, you kind of uh, handed out credit for that one. Yeah, so I guess uh, on that play, uh, you kind of see that, that play move over to the side there and you're a little bit uh, out of sorts. So I was just uh, kind of putting my head down, trying to find the puck and dive over there. And thankfully, uh, old gal kind of was able to get in the way of that shot as well, too. And I think he got... He got most of the piece of that one, so um, he deserves a, a lot more of the credit for that, that save than I do. But, uh, no, guys are doing that all night where they uh, were situations where they get in front of pucks. And, uh, yeah, also for me, too, just trying to get something in front of the puck, just to get in the way of it and try to try to stop it. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, Galley definitely gets a lot of credit on that one. Now, that doesn't necessarily count as a shot block because you actually had to stop the puck still. And that happened a couple times on Saturday. That said, you know, those still, they, they matter because it makes your job easier. In, in general, this is one of the leading shot blocking teams in the country. For you as a goalie, how much does that help that to have the guys willing to do what it takes to get in front of pucks, so eat those pucks so you don't have to? Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes a huge difference. And the word that you said there was willing. We have guys that are willing to go out there and, and lay their bodies on the line. You know that they're playing for the team. They're playing for not only themselves, but they're trying to help the team do whatever they can to win. And that's a big part of it is getting in front of shots, uh, having good sticks, all those little details go a long way uh, towards a, a full season here. So, yeah, when you have those guys that want that desire, want that will to get in front of a puck, those, you know that they're fearless and they're going to do anything for, for our team to win. We're talking to UMD goaltender Matthew Thiessen. Uh, there's no way around the fact that was a really, really difficult week for the program with with the loss of Adam Johnson. I know you had talked on, on the TV side Saturday and said you didn't know Adam, but you know, you've know you been around this group and, and you've seen some guys obviously struggle with, with what has happened here in the last couple of weeks. What did that, the end of that game, it, it looked like quite the emotional release for all your, for the, your entire group. What, what did the end of that game mean and, and just the emotions that you guys are feeling? yeah i mean yeah like you said i didn't know adam personally but when you hear about all the stories and all the people that were affected by his presence on this team this program the fan base and everyone that knew him he seemed like a pretty special person and obviously uh he's gone way too soon and it's something that was definitely really emotional for our whole staff here for everyone 
uh, on the team, even guys that didn't know him, like we're still affected by it. We're still affected by um, the things that happened to this Bulldog family because it is such a tight-knit group. So, I mean, with everything that's happening from when we found out about the news after um, the games at Cornell to leading up to this weekend and the beautiful ceremony that was uh, paid tribute to him before the game, it was something that was definitely in the back of everyone's minds and something that we're going to hold with us for the rest of the season, just playing for him and trying to honor him the best of our abilities. With all that emotion, did that game feel any different than a normal game on Saturday? Um, it definitely does, especially when you see uh, that message and that video video on the board before the game. I know it's, it's definitely something that you're going to think about and you're going to have emotions uh, towards that no matter who you are and I'm sure people on the other team did as well too because it is it is a hockey player it's a, it's a tight-knit family and everyone is going to be affected by that in, in one way or another so I think being able to see that and kind of have that as motivation for the game definitely helps us but ultimately we're not uh, really thinking about the game in that situation we're thinking about his family his friends and all those people that were um, so closely affected by this tragedy how good did you feel on Saturday? But kind of a two-part here. How good did you feel Saturday, and how much did getting into that game on Friday maybe help you? Yeah, it definitely it definitely helps a little bit just to see. Um, yeah, it's a team that I haven't played before, and a lot of players that I haven't seen. So just seeing how guys release the puck, I know they have a couple guys on that team that I really like to shoot the puck a lot. So when you're able to gather a little bit of information, it definitely helps uh, leading into Saturday. But yeah, I just. Saturday was just going in there trying to do what I could to step in and, and help the team the best I can. And uh, when yeah, guys are in front of me blocking shots and making my job a little bit easier by um, moving guys out of the way so I'm able to see as many pucks as possible, that definitely helps out. But at the end of the day, we we wanted to get that win in regulation, but still still feels good to get in a shootout. But now we're just moving on to the, this weekend against North Dakota. For you, because you had to come on in that Friday game very late. It was, I think it was like 10 minutes left in that game. So you've been sitting for 50 minutes after the pregame warm-up. Uh, you know, what are the keys in, in that type of situation? You never know when you're as – a, as a goaltender on the bench to start a game, you never know if and when your number is going to get called. You know, what are the keys for you, you know, physically, mentally staying as engaged as possible so that if your number does get called, you're ready to go? Uh, you know, the biggest thing for me is just trying to stay in the game. And I think that um, kind of goes, uh, yeah, goes without being said, but also just talking to teammates, seeing what they're seeing out there, trying to pick up a little things that we can, uh, yeah, help from the bench because me and Zach Sandy are sitting there watching, trying to also do a weekend to help the team too. So that definitely helps me uh, stay in it mentally. And then just like physically, you're just trying to get in there and get a couple stretches and get loose, get moving a little bit just to get the blood flowing as much as you can. I know it's tough, especially um, later in the game, but uh, yeah, I've been in situations like that before. So you have a, a couple things where you know you have to do this to get your body going and stuff. So yeah, it's it's staying in the game that way, but also by just watching the game, you're picking up on how guys are shooting the puck and different releases and what like they like to run on the power play, uh, what their breakouts are, what they're doing when they come in the zone. So I think you're gathering all that information 
no matter if you're in the net or if you're watching uh, from the bench. What gives uh, you, you you had talked and I think Zach Stasel's talked about this as well. Uh, you know, Coach Sandlin doesn't mind leaning on you guys a little bit when it comes time to figure out who's going to go in the shootout. What's the uh, what 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 are the keys to a having a you know, being a guy that's good in a shootout in terms of, of the the skaters in in that situation? I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is a guy that uh, that scores scores in practice quite a bit, but. Uh, you definitely have those guys that come in, and it's a, it's a challenge every single every single time they come in because they don't just have one move; they kind of go to a toolbox and have a bunch of different moves. And I think you've seen that with the guys that we've had this year that they're not just doing one thing; they're coming in, they have they have a bunch of tricks in the bag. So that's definitely one thing. But I think, uh, yeah, we have guys that have been able to go in the shootout now and score some uh, big goals for us. And I mean, going into league play, that's going to mean even more here. But uh, yeah, it's it's those little things. It's picking up on different things in practice. And it's also, I think all three of us goalies like to work with the guys on different shootout moves that might be challenging for a goalie who hasn't seen it before and stuff too. So all that information kind of goes into our, our decision when we're making those choices. A couple more here for UMD goaltender Matthew Teese in North Dakota, the kickoff league play this weekend, a team that's off to a very good start at 5-2-1, and one, also against a pretty tough schedule. Always fun when these teams get together. Your, your thoughts on matching up with the Fighting Hawks this weekend? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun matchup and a fun atmosphere here at Amsterdam. I think everyone's uh, been really excited, especially against North Dakota. It's a big week and a big week to uh, start off the NCHE play here. But no, we know they have a good team. Um, they got a bunch of skilled players. They're a fast team, uh, so we got to be yeah we got to be able to come out strong from the drop of the puck and put together a full sixty minutes. Uh, focusing on yeah, just Friday night first and not worrying about Saturday, but the whole weekend we need to play consistent. We need to stay out of the penalty box. They have good players and their power play and stuff as well too. But also just focus on the little details, the body positioning, little sticks, blocking shots, all those little things are going to go a long way in a series against a, a team like this. Matt, is there a story behind number 36? Uh, there isn't really. So I wore, I wore 35 pretty much um, my whole, I guess, life growing up. And, uh, yeah, when Stezzy had number 35, I knew I had to make a, a little a little adjustment. But uh, I guess John Gibson has always been the goalie that I've looked up to and like the way that he plays on Anaheim. He wears number 36. So I figured, uh, yeah, it would be a time to transition into that number, and it was open. So I was uh, pretty lucky to, to have that number, and, yeah, I've liked it, I guess, ever since. 6.30 pregame tonight, UMV versus North Dakota, game one of two. We'll have it live here on KDAL. 10.33, North Dakota coach Brad Berry coming up in a little bit. First, CBS News update on KDAL. Dave Ramsey. Pretty easy. Afternoons on KDAL. 10.37, Jeff Papis, Monday on Bulldog Football. We'll talk wild next week. More Bulldog hockey, of course, as well. Uh, coming up tonight, UMD men versus North Dakota. Coverage at 6.30 for game one of two here on KDAL from Amsville Arena. Had a chance uh, in the run-up to the season at Media Day in St. Paul to chat with the longtime head coach at North Dakota. Here's my conversation with Brad Berry. You guys be able to able to make the run to the semifinals last year, but we had talked in February. You know, you and Scott Sandler were roommates in college. <laughs> That's <laughs> a long time ago. Fair, <laughs> but you know, your teams have always been so similar. To have them struggle the way that they did in the same year was so weird for all of us. By the way, so, you know, it was yeah. really really strange. Yeah. Well. Yeah. When you talk about the success, the success both programs had over the 
last few years and then last year it's all about the start of the season right you know uh i can't speak for scott but at the end of the day if you don't get out of the blocks, if you don't play a consistent round of hockey early, you're chasing. You're chasing that the first half of the season, which we got better in the second half. We were stronger in the second half. But by that time, you know in college hockey that you got to build your body of work through the whole year. And, you know, we lost some games early on in the season, one-goal games, you know, some some games that we gave up goals that normally North Dakota doesn't give up goals. And, uh, and, and so that's an area that we're really drilling down on as far as with our group is the start of the season, but playing tighter defensively. As you look back at, at March and you go to Omaha, you won a three-game series there, and that third game, play at the same time basically as UMD St. Cloud's third game. They were completely different hockey games in that you guys had penalty after penalty, and UMD and St. Cloud State were beating the ever-loving snot out of one another with nothing being called. From your perspective as a coach, what would you rather have? If Probably you, if it's be one or the other. Well, you're telling me one or the other. I was going to say a balance uh, <laughs> uh, uh, somewhere in between, but. Uh I guess in playoff hockey, if you're getting to playoffs, probably none. Probably uh, as close as of letting teams decide it for themselves kind of thing. Um, instead of a penalty fest, a power play, penalty kill. College hockey, any any type of hockey, you want all your guys playing. You know, and, and you know that if you have a lot of penalties, it's the same guys sometimes are on the power play as they are on penalty kill as five on five. And to me, getting closer to the end of the season or playoffs, I'd rather probably not have penalties called. I know it turned into a long weekend. That's a long trip for you guys, one of your longer uh, bus trips that you'll make. And then you got to turn around and go St. Paul. But how good did you feel about your group and, and the belief that they had in one another after they found a way to beat Omaha and they're going to St. Paul? Well, you want to keep your season alive, right? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're you're on the outside looking in a little bit on the pairwise, right? And you're hoping if you can win a couple more games and you're, you're solidified in the pairwise. You know, we were one or two games short of that. And again, that goes into the first start of the season as far as building your body of work. But, you know, for us, it was just, you know, desperation, you know, was wanting to keep playing the game. And and uh, the guys were fired up after the, the game. And it's always tough. I've never seen a lot of teams that, that win on the road when you have to go play in a venue and win the best of three and our guys did that coming here I thought that was a heck of a game against St. Cloud could have went either way too and you know at the other end was CC right at the end of the day look what CC did you know they beat a Denver team and uh, um, you know for us we were probably game away from making a national tournament but now I, I think it's good in our minds knowing that close isn't good enough and and at the end of the day that you can't rely on the end of the season and making a push to get in you got to do it much earlier than that. Talking to North Dakota coach Brad Berry so Reese Gabriel your captain now it feels like only yesterday he was debuting in the pod and, and knocking our socks off watching these games on tv from omaha how far has he come as a member of your program and to see him now as a captain well i don't know we're just blessed and fortunate to have and obviously in duluth as well you like to have your guys four years right you know and uh and they make an impact like um he came in as a freshman and he hit the ground running and you know he doesn't waste the shift every time he goes out he doesn't waste the shift and that transfers onto the rest of your team and, and having him back for a senior year and being our captain shows our younger guys we got a lot of new faces in our lineup but when you got your so-called best player or one of your best players that that's bringing it every shift and every practice it just sets a bar of the standard for your culture and your group so again it, it's a big deal having him back this year and, and mostly because not only he, I, we feel he's going to have an outstanding year but it's going to hopefully set the bar for our young guys from years to come here 
What kind of year can Jackson Blake have in year two? Because year one was pretty gosh darn good. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of times when when players have success their first year, you always worry about the next year as far as are they complacent? Are they they think that, hey, they got it made kind of thing. And, you know, if, if anybody knows Jackson Blake, you just got to go up the – the the the, um, the ladder as far as seeing his dad Jason he was ultra competitive and he was a guy that didn't rest on his laurels at all he always wanted to be a difference maker in games and you see a little bit of that in Jackson too that you know we went through the first couple of weeks of practice right now and I, I see a young man that's hey he's turned the page he, he wants to he wants to get better he's got some good players around him but he uh, he's not relying on what he does first year. How much time do you spend with, with your defenseman? Or is it any different? You, a lot. You, you've, is it, you've turned over. I, I, I've never seen this before. You turn over your entire defensive core. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, you know, with graduations, with uh, pro signings, with uh, a couple guys transferring, that's what happens. And uh, it's what happened in our group, at least. And, uh, you know, uh, if from the outside looking in, I think everybody goes, man, eight new guys and stuff. And that is pretty intimidating. But at the end of the day, we do have four transfers in here that were three of them were fifth-year players now. Three of them were captains. Uh, Bennett Zamolek was on a very good Mankato program that was out with a whole year with a with an injury that's coming back into a group that has experience. And then we have a couple of 20-year-old freshmen coming in in our group too. So, again, guys that haven't played in our program and wore the sweater yet, but we feel the experience they have, we feel that, uh, you know, we're, we, we've got a lot of depth. Does, does the influx of talent here, does that put more of a premium on the offseason that you, you not only you have to get guys integrated in the group, make sure that they fit in in the group, but you also have to make sure they understand how you play. 100%. You know, uh, the biggest thing that you just alluded to, Bruce, is, is you know, you're at, you know, whether you're at North Dakota, whether you're at Duluth, there's a culture there and, and, and you got to fit in and you got you to gotta be part of your culture. And, and, and the other part is now you gotta, you got to get up to speed on how you play. And, uh, and I think you just mentioned it earlier about both programs being very reminiscent of each other as far as how, how fast and how hard and how skilled they, they have to be to play. Um, that's a big deal, and that's what we try to replicate in practices growing up, uh, leading up to October 7th. And the beauty of it is you have five weeks to, to get after it to, to hopefully get there. How has Bennett's bowl like looked here? I, I know it, it's never easy to miss an entire season. No, it isn't. It really isn't. He's hungry. Um, you know, if you if you know his dad, who the way he played, and, and, and if you know his two older brothers, the way they played, mm -hmm. he's right there. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it, just a very humble, down-to-earth guy, just plays extremely hard in practice. And I think the beauty of it is he knows who he is. He, he, he knows what type of player he is. And I think that's that's part of hopefully having a successful team is guys realizing who they are and how they have to play. How much of your preseason with eight new defensemen, how much of this is I want to see every one of these guys with everybody else just to see what works? Because you, you – you you're guessing what works most of the time anyway, but you're really guessing right now. 100%. And the other part, you know, uh, you want to try to see if there's chemistry, to build chemistry within lines or D pairs or whatever, but give guys opportunity too. Like how many times you come into a season and, you know, you, you don't want the guy that's on the fifth line going, man, I'm a fifth liner again this year. You know what? Give him some opportunity and practices and some scrimmages. Maybe he'll surprise you. Maybe he'll bump up in the lineup and the guy that you thought up top was going to move down a notch or two. I think competition is good. And, and giving guys hope that they can be in a bigger role. 
Talking to North Dakota coach Brad Berry, uh, you know, the transfer comes in goal. Ludwig Person comes in after three years at Miami. I talked to Reese Gaber. He was very, very excited to not have to face him in games anymore. How excited are you to have to coach against that guy in games anymore? He stole a lot of games at Miami. <laughs> he did. He really did. He got a lot of work, and he stole a lot of games. And and But he's a competitor. And, uh, you know, that was an area that obviously we felt we needed to be better at. And, uh, you know, we have Hobie Hedquist that's coming in as a freshman, had two good years. In, in Alberni Valley, but you know how tough it is as a goaltender from junior hockey to, to play in the NCHC. It's nice to have a guy that has experience, and you know we're gonna we're gonna probably lean on Ludwig right away early on. But you know hopefully Hobie can get up to speed to to push and challenge a little bit here too, because uh, at the end of the day, I, I think in order to be a good team and like in the NHL as well, you gotta have two good goaltenders. You know we, we saw we talked about the struggles of, of UMD and North Dakota being parallel, and, and goaltending last year was maybe not great for either one of them. For you. You know, how much of it do you think was the goaltenders struggling yeah. versus your maybe defensive play? Because it felt like defensively you guys were pretty strong. When I saw you, at least, you, were, you weren't giving up a lot. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's uh, – that's a great question, Bruce. Uh, I think every time that, you know, you're losing games uh, and you're giving up goals, every, everything points to the goaltender, right? And I think at the end of the day, yeah, could our goaltender be better? I think so. But at the end of the day, I think the guys in front of them could have been a lot better as well. And I think the quality of goals is – the things that we look at you know when when you're giving up goals that are uh ones that goaltenders really don't have a chance at like in the grade a areas or the pass across the creases and stuff those are plays where we could be stronger defensively if a goaltender lets a puck in outside the dots now your pre goaltending's probably got to be a little bit better so i think we really try to differentiate that and really peel back the layers on what we were we were a combination of both last year i think early in the season some sweet goal soft goals goals and also some uh goals that were in the grade a areas that we we could have did a better job defending. Use that T word already transfer because you've got seven of them on this roster, 14 newcomers total. But this is the last year that players can use the COVID year. This yep. is the group that are seniors right now. This is it. They can make their decision after this year, and that'll be the last time we have fifth years. For you as a coach, what's that mean? Well, I think it brings a little more certainty, right? Uh, you know, I think any coach would say, yeah, I'd love to have a guy fifth for a fifth year. And you know what? I loved Mark Sennon and Gavin Hain being fifth-year guys. That was awesome. But I think it gives you certainty now, like, you know, we didn't know that we were going to have those guys back until probably midsummer, right? So, again, what does that do to your group, to the next guys coming up? How do you plan for that? I think it gives coaches more certainty now that, hey, you don't have that option anymore. Do you think this is going to bring down the population of the transfer portal, which was very well populated this past spring and probably will be again this coming spring? You know what? I got that question offered up to me earlier on here today, and I think the only – I don't think the portal is going away, and I don't think – I don't know how many uh, more much activity is going to be more than it was this year or less all I know is the way to control it is probably have more regulation on it I know they they closed kind of the uh, the windows of it this year a little bit of when you can go in and when it closes kind of thing but I think it's always going to be there and I think it like for us we needed it this year we have 14 new players we couldn't bring in 14 freshmen at the end of the day this was a year where we needed some transfers there's some years probably we won't probably need a whole lot of transfers if any so I think it's all dependent 
dependent on every program and what their needs are. How much time do you spend here in, in this run-up to the season trying to fit you? We talked about, you know, deep pairings, but just your overall combinations with 14 new players because it's not like your schedule's easy where you can just <laughs> go out there and, and mix and match during games. No, no, for sure. Uh, and again, we just talked about starting your season on time and having a body of work, and that's a big, big deal. But I do believe, you know, having a, having a tough non-conference schedule sharpens you, man. I'll tell you, like, you know, you want to win those games, and, and believe you me, I, we we have to win those games. And but at the end of the day, you know, when we start the NCHC, we're going to be battle tested and ready to go playing playing the, the opponents that we have in the NCHC with, with Arizona State coming in. You'll, you'll have eight different places you can travel starting next year, but now it's seven. Of the seven, maybe a couple for you that that stand out. Either the environment that your team gets to play in, or the city you're visiting that is maybe being your favorites. Ooh, uh, are you talking conference, non-conference? In conference. Or in conference. Yeah, well, you know, like the rivalry games, like those are ones that, like me personally as a coach, when you go into Denver, into Duluth, like you know you're in battles, you know you're in games, like those are storied rivalries. But then then again, then you go into, you know, like what's developing for us right now, our travel partners, Omaha. I mean, you, you develop a rivalry there as well. That's not a traditional rivalry that, that, that gets into it. And now you're seeing teams like CC that are jumping up on the, uh, in the state standings and different things so I, to me personally and again it's not a cliche but I think each and every one of the uh, uh, teams in our league bring, bring a rivalry and I, I think you look forward to getting in those buildings. I was going to say you're in North Dakota isn't everybody a rivalry for you? <laughs> no, <laughs> at, I, least they, I, at least they think you are. Yeah, well, well they, I think so but I think the brand that I, we've been 10 years into this Bruce already and I think the brand at the NCHC and I know the Big Ten obviously they've had a good year or two or whatever but I'll tell you what the consistency and the level of the NCHC is second to none and if I was a player I'd want to play in the NCHC. We saw that with Luke Bast who was transferred from North Dakota and we talked to him this week and, and the junior at UMD said I wanted to stay in the NCHC. It is a selling point for players being in this conference. That's North Dakota coach Brad Barry 630 coverage tonight. We usher in the weekend with Mr. Craig next to KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. We've been through this before. Weekdays at 10 on KDAL. 10:59. Jeff Papis Monday. We recap Bulldogs v Minnesota State Mankato. We're hoping to talk some playoffs. I know it's not likely. We're hoping. We'll preview other Bulldog action throughout the week, including women's hockey at home next week with Minnesota. And we'll talk some wild on the radio show as they head overseas to Sweden next week. Brad Bennett up next with sound off after the news. Everybody have a great weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen. The weekend. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28, FBFF, and 610 KDAL. Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.